What, what am I supposed to say? I've never listened to a podcast. You're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. You're, you're, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. A podcast. Brian McCulloch here with Big Wheel Coaching. Hey, you're listening to Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another edition of the Big Wheel Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Brian McCulloch, with the well, I'm the assistant to the boss, the Big Wheel herself, and I am joined by Joe, just a lovely lady today. I'm so excited for everyone to hear. We've got Carrie Cheadle here, and Carrie is a certified mental skills trainer and coach. She's a multi-time author. I've read all of her books, and she is also the host of the Injured Athletes Club podcast. And today I want to talk with Carrie about intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation because I think it's something that uh, is really going to be worthwhile for everyone as we work through COVID. Um, so, Carrie, oh, I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. This is great. This is great. I, I, I want to do a better job on the intro, though. So, can you help everyone fill in the gaps? Because I, I'm pretty sure everyone listening has maybe maybe knows just a tidbit of, about sports psychology, but there's so much more to it that and, and you're really pioneering that by by leading graduate studies and setting up programs. And so can you kind of tell us like all the stuff that kind of comes along with this mental skills aspect of what we're what we're going to be exploring today? Yeah, I, um, so I'm like, uh, you had mentioned, I'm a certified, uh, mental performance consultant. And so I get to work on mental skills training with athletes from in all abilities, all levels, uh, all sports, but I have a very special place in my heart for endurance athletes. I love working with endurance athletes. And, um, so I get to work with people that are like tackling their first, very first 5k all the way to, you know, elite and professional athletes, uh, competing at national and international levels. And so really the way I like to explain it, especially when you're an endurance athlete because you'll kind of for any cyclists out there or triathletes that are on the bike you're going to get this or mountain bikers or all you guys that are that like to be on two wheels um or one wheel maybe um so it's sort of like the way the my job you know just like you'll have your um you might have your coach your triathlon coach or your running coach or you know you'll have coaches that work with you um, on your training plan and your tactics, you might also have a strength and conditioning coach. I get to come in and be the, the mindset coach. And so all of these things that have an, um, impact on the outcome of an event or the, your, um, ability to train to your potential, there's sort of like spokes in a wheel. And so, you know, in order, if, for your wheel to be true, so if you take your wheel into the bike shop or you do it yourself and you're like, I need to true my wheel, you, the way you do that is you make sure that there's equal tension on every spoke, right? So if any of your spokes have more or less tension, you're going to have wheel wobble. And it's the same thing. So mental training is a part of that puzzle, right? It's one of the spokes in the wheel that has an impact on an athlete's training and competition and their ability to perform under pressure and their ability to stay motivated and to set effective goals and uh, accomplish the things that they set out to do. So just like your train, you know, your nutrition and your hydration and your, um, you know, your, your training, all of that stuff has an effect. So does your mental training. And so that's what I get to do with athletes. Love that. Love that. So, well, then let's talk through that because I think that's really important. You're, you're talking to people and like you said, it's truing of the wheel because we always think of, I had this really interesting conversation with a gentleman the other day and we were talking about a four-legged stool versus a three-legged stool. And the idea that the three-legged stool is a much better visual representation because without one pillar of a three-legged stool, you don't have a stool at all. It doesn't balance, but you could balance a table on three legs. And I thought that was a really interesting piece because too often mental skills and other things like that are like, Hey man, I got my fitness. I'm good to go. Like I'm where I want to be, yep. but, but I, I don't think that makes for a true wheel. You really need, you really need that confidence and you need to have that understanding of, of all that you can accomplish in an event or what your hard stops might be and all those things. So uh, take me through how important that is with everyone as athletes, right? That's some yeah. people don't, don't know. 
No. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting is, um, I mean, it's similar to injury too, like athletics and injury, like it's seen as a physical process, right? So we often, that's the first thing you're going to go to is the, um, then the, the physical, you know, aspects that influence that process, whether you're, you know, trying to perform to your potential as an athlete or you're trying to recover from an injury. And so the way I'll talk about it sometimes with athletes, like if I'm doing a, um, a workshop or, you know, I'm with a team or something like that, I'll say, okay, so what, when you guys kind of break it down, if we just broke it down to mental and physical and you think about the outcome of this competition coming up, you know, whatever, it, whether it's like a triathlon or it's a basketball game or soccer game, whatever it is, like what percentage of your performance is mental and what percentage is physical? And I have people kind of shout out their answers and some people immediately are like, oh, it's 50-50. And then other people are like, oh my God, it's 90% mental and 10% physical. And then others are like, no, I think it's more like 70 physical and 30 mental, right? So everyone kind of has a number in their head. And I said, okay, so we we might come to like a middle ground for an example. So I'll be like, all right, well, let's say it's 60% mental, 40% physical. Now I want you to think about how much time do you spend percentage-wise training the physical part of your performance and how much time do you spend training the mental part? And a lot of times I get like, huh, I don't train it at all. What are you talking about? Like, or they're like, I don't even know how you would do that. And now sometimes that conversation is different. Now I get higher percentages sometimes, but you'll see the discrepancy, right? If even if you're saying 30% of my performance has to do with my mindset, but I'm only training that 10% of the time, there's a discrepancy there, right? So you kind of have to ask yourself, like, how important is my ability to handle pressure? Um, how important is my uh, reaction time to unexpected setbacks? How important is my confidence to being able to accomplish my goal? How important is it for me to be able to understand the psychology of suffering and make sure that I've actually pushed myself to my potential when I get to the finish line? Like, if those things are affecting you and you're not training for them, you're there's a whole bunch of your race that you're leaving up to chance. So that's, that's the piece is like, you would never, you know, not train physically in order to be able to perform to your potential. If you really are setting a goal for yourself and you're like, I want to see what I'm capable of, you're not going to neglect that physical training. And if you're saying the mental piece has an impact, but you're not training it, then you're, you are leaving a, a pretty significant part of your performance up to chance. Wow. That is a, well said. Well said because it is a significant and huge component. And, and that's really why I reached out today. Like, So for everyone listening, I want to give a little bit of background on my, my uh, just how much I've consumed of the content that Carrie's been putting out. And she orig originally wrote a book called On Top of Your Game. And I, and I was, you know, I've just been trying to be at the best I can be mentally uh, in these events because I feel like, like you said, maybe I'm one of the people that was like, oh, yeah, you know, oh, I think it's originally I was like, oh, it's probably 70 mental 30 or 70 physical 30 mental, you know, and then now now I'm like, wait a second, I've got all the, the physical stuff It's just a matter of going through the process. Now it's a matter of understanding the you've not even tapped or trained anything in this mental aspect. And now you want to learn mm -hmm. it. So, so Carrie wrote a wonderful book. It's called On Top of Your Game. She also followed that up with another book that I am reaching for right now. But it's Rebound, Train Your Mind to Bounce Back Stronger from Sports Injuries. And that one, I just finished that last week. And I'd like to do a book review on actually for the podcast. But another story. But anyway, she's also <laughs> been a presenter for um, at various Training Peaks Endurance Coaching Subject. Uh, seminars. And I always go and talk to Carrie afterwards. And I'm just like, just trying to pick her brain because she's such a wealth of knowledge. And in a world of like, data, 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 just train harder, do this, do that. Carrie's like this, this beacon of hope where she's like, hey, like, here, let me help you if you're having some tough times, or maybe you're just not solid on your confidence or this, that, the other, I can help you. And then just like, man, you just see the athletes just budding from there. And I think that's really important in this time of COVID where all of the events that we, maybe all is a strong word, but like almost all of the events mm -hmm. that people have been training for are canceled. Okay. Not only yeah. were they canceled, I think everyone can look back, you know, here we're recording this on August 12th and back in March, it was like, well, we're just really canceling the spring, but we're still going to have summer. And here we are in mm -hmm. the middle of summer 
And it's like, oh no, this is, this is, we're not sure what 2021 is going to look like. So at, at first it was, we're moving the goalpost out just a little bit. So people kept training, right? And then, and some people fell off the wagon because they didn't know, or they didn't have something to train for. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't even know if there's a, if we're going towards a goalpost at this point. And so it got right. me thinking about intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. And I, I just truly don't believe there's anyone better to discuss this from an endurance athlete perspective than you. And, and I'm just, I just want to hear, like, where do we start? What is in, intrinsic motivation? What is extrinsic motivation? What, what do we, what does an athlete, an endurance athlete need to know? Yeah. Well, so intrinsic motivation is, it's the kind of motivation that you have where, um, you want to pursue the activity just for the sake of, of the activity, that it brings you pleasure and joy. So you're just doing it for the purpose of engaging in that activity. And maybe there's things that it, you know, it, like you also, it makes you feel good to see yourself progress in something or learn a new skill or, you know, something along those lines. So, and you, we see this in a lot of different ways, right? So intrinsic motivation is, we don't see it, just see it in sports. There, we, you know, we can have this idea of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation in a lot of different ways in your career as a student. Um, if you're a musician, you know, so it plays out in all different parts of our lives. So that intrinsic motivation is that internal drive to want to pursue um, an activity because you, because of the love of it, because you enjoy, you intrinsically enjoy the process of engaging in that activity. Whereas extrinsic motivation is there are external factors that also maybe feed your motivation to want to engage in that activity. So, um, so, you know, gaining accolades, like having people, you know, say great things about you, uh, if you perform well, um, getting, you know, coming ho home with your medals, like, uh, getting a PR, winning the race, uh, you know, feeling good about your body. These are all external motivators and extrinsic motivation that helps feed our feelings of motivation. And so, um, and it's not necessarily that one's better than the other. However, the thing that's important to know about these different types of motivation is that if you are someone that is highly externally motivated um, and you also gauge your feelings of success based on the outcome of an event, which many things about that is out of your control, then that's when we see uh, the a higher potential for burnout. Um, and so we're always, you know, wanting to have a balance of both of those factors or, or fig you know, figure out how can we boost up that intrinsic motivation so you don't have something happen like COVID hits and I have no races on my calendar anymore and suddenly I can't even get myself um, outside to get in any of my workouts, right? And part of that is when you have, you know, you had that external motivator driving you and that's gone, you got to reach for something else. That's when really we've seen people, uh, you know, it sort of highlights uh, pretty quickly people who are lean more towards intrinsic or extrinsic motivation. Okay. This is good. This is good because when, I guess when, when I had a very unsophisticated, and maybe I don't have a sophisticated understanding now, but, but really when I came into it and I'm just like, okay, well, intrinsic versus extrinsic on face value, it seems like intrinsic motivation would be good and extrinsic motivation would be like bad. But there were a lot of things you listed about extrinsic motivation that really didn't sound that bad to me. So like, as I'm trying to have a more sophisticated view of this and understand it, it's, can you paint a picture of how extrinsic motive is, is it, is there a time duration component to it? Right? Like, is it like, well, intrinsic motivation is fueling you for the journey, the long haul extrinsic load motivation is something that kind of helps get you from, you know, a, maybe intrinsic motivation is getting you across the plateau. Extrinsic motivation is pushing you forward in, in an event or I, what are your thoughts? Cause you didn't say it was extrinsic is bad. There's, there's got to be some yeah. inherent good in it. Well, can, can you elaborate that on that a little bit? Yeah, there's a, there's definitely a place for, for both. Um, and you know, if somebody, you know, if somebody is driven 
by those external factors. And that's the thing that gets them up in the morning. It gets their training in. So they get enough training in to be able to accomplish your goal. Um, you know, you don't want to take that away from them. Right. But, um, but you might just want to think about ways to, to balance that out. So the way, sometimes the way I talk about it with my athletes is it's similar to the difference between like, there's a difference between motivation and commitment, right? Whereas sometimes it's that extrinsic motivation that, um, might be more, you, you can think of it as if it's more, um, tightly connected to your commitment, right? Where that's the thing, like sometimes when you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, it's not your motivation. It's not your intrinsic motivation that gets you out of bed. It's the extrinsic motivation. It's the commitment to the goal that you have set out for yourself. Um, so sometimes, you know, you want to enjoy it and you want to, you know, you want to have both and you want to do it for the sake of just like, this makes me feel good. Or like I enjoy, you know, some people, you know, when they're on the bike or they're running, it's, it's almost meditative or you get like a, for me, a really significant one is I have, I immediately feel the impact to my ability to handle stress when I'm working out versus not working out. And there's a physiological reason for that, but I, it, it hits me very profoundly. So that one of my intrinsic motivators is that is, but you could also make an argument that might be a little bit extrinsic too, but, um, you know, so they're closely connected, but sometimes it's that commitment to that that gets you out versus the, I love to run and I love to feel my body move through space, right? When it's early in the morning and I've got a busy day, I'm not necessarily able to tap into that feeling of intrinsic motivation, but it might be my commitment. It might be that some of the extrinsic motivators, um, of like, you know, imagining yourself finish that race or hitting your PR or getting, you know, top 10 or whatever your goal is, that might be the thing that gets you out the door that day. So when that's gone, that's why some people have been struggling with the, you know, getting their workouts in, um, for a little bit. Um, I mean, there's a few different reasons why, but that's can be one of them. It's like, well, what, you know, now the carrot's gone. What, what, what's the point? Right. And so people have had to figure out, oh, huh. Well, what is the point? What does mean, you know, what meaning does this have in my life when I don't have the race to train for? So intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation, like, and specifically intrinsic versus extrinsic in a pandemic, right? Like, yeah, this exactly. is, that's uh, what I've been trying to wrap my head around, Carrie. And, and I, is that it seems to me the people that we coach and the people that are listening to this podcast primarily, I don't want to overgeneralize but primarily are people, you know, mid thirties or even early thirties up to their sixties and seventies, people that are, they've, they've seen some challenge in their life. They've worked, they've had to work through challenges, be it in relationships, be it in their professions, be it in, um, even in their hobbies, parenting, all the other things that the people have challenged for, but they've, they've worked through all that, right? Maybe they've lost a house in the, in the recession in 2007 and they had to work for everything they could to rebuild their credit and put it back. Or maybe they lost a business or whatever it is, right? They've worked through that. And so to me, I was, there's this, um, and you talked about it in the entrance in the, um, injured athlete, um, rebound book. Okay. And you talked about hardiness and I thought that hardiness was really interesting to kind of think about in relation to intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation in a pandemic, because that hardiness, it seems to me like as an athlete, specifically an endurance athlete, like I, I know maybe physically we're smaller or daintier or, you know, cause we're just, it's a power to weight ratio sport, but like, there's gotta be a lot of at least mental hardiness associated with that. And it just seems to me like the people that we're talking to now, our athletes, like I'm going to say it like they're very hardy, right? Because they're like, yeah, this is hard. Yeah. My work is more stressful. It's more of a pain to get groceries. It's everything is more challenging, but then they add something positive where, Hey, this cycling is helping me maintain my weight at this time. Hey, cycling is helping me. Um, I'm ref I'm broadening the tool set that I have to be successful when events come back, right? Like, oh, I wasn't very good at sprinting. Now I have both sprinting and endurance or something along those lines. And so I, I don't know if hardiness fits in somewhere or yeah. where that works. Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that what we're, I've been thinking about this. Actually, it's really interesting. I think that what we're, my um, 
thought on this is that people that were able to adjust more quickly and sort of move from seeing obstacles to seeing opportunities, right, and, and make some of those, those adjustments and, and sort of um, come to accept the circumstances more quickly uh, are more likely to be high in hardiness. So hardiness is like um, – hardiness is this uh, – personality trait that is comprised by three different aspects. And those are commitment, control, and challenge. And so the idea is that, um, so commitment is basically, are you able to put, you know, continue to put one foot in front of the other, even when you're facing difficult times? Um, so despite the fact that you're encountering obstacles, are you still able to um, have momentum and move and move forward, even if you're moving at a different rate, right? You're still committed. Um, control is that ability to, um, am I able to really tune into the things that are still in my control and feel like I have some influence over those things versus feeling helpless and only being able to see things that are out of your control. So do I have a sense of control? What, how, you know, how intense is my level of commitment? And then challenge and challenge is, am I someone that um, views stressors as a normal and ongoing part of life? And even though this particular stressor isn't one I anticipated, um, like COVID, you know, uh, it's, it's, um, it's still a stressor and I can handle this. Um, so it's not necessarily a threat to safety and security, but it's like, okay, so he, how do we deal with the situation in front of us? So when you have a high level of hardiness, um, it's, uh, it can help you bounce more quickly, basically from, encountering some kind of challenge or setback because um, you have a high level of commitment and sense of control and you see it as a challenge um, and something that you're capable of handling versus something that's too overwhelming too overwhelming to deal with um, so a lot of us are being challenged in this way right now um, with you know and I think what's I think the unique thing about what we're going through right now one of the unique things about this whole thing with covid, um, that's been challenging is that in the beginning, it was like, I think when we were wrapping our heads around it, we, we thought it was going to be a shorter term, um, thing that we would need to deal with. I think a lot of people sort of wrapped their heads around it. They're like, Oh, whatever. It's kind of like vacation. It'll be a couple of weeks and then we'll get back and it'll be fine. But then it became this thing where like, it's almost like, you know, imagine if you're doing a race and you're in the middle of the race and you've trained for a certain distance and they keep moving the finish line. And every time you get close to the finish line, they move it again. And you're like, when the hell is this race going to end? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, where is it going next? You know, so when you keep extending the finish line, you have to like do this renegotiating with yourself of like, oh my God, but I, I knew I could handle it to this point now. And I knew I could handle these things, but now you're extending it again. What does that mean? And so it's this, you know, people who are high in hardiness are able to negotiate that more effectively and more efficiently. Wow. Oh, there's so much I want to unpack there. Oh, so good. Okay. So you said, you said commitment, uh, you said commitment, something and challenge. And I try, I was trying to take notes. What was the yeah. second one? Commitment, um, commitment, control and challenge. Okay. Those are like the three parts of hardiness. Okay. So you said something really interested about challenge when you said, how much stress do people think is kind of built into their life, if you will, or, or just like into the daily routine? I, yeah. I want to, um, let's talk about that a little bit because I think that's important because you're talking about how it, when I think of going on a training ride, I think, well, there's going to be discomfort in this day, right? Like that's mm -hmm. kind of built in. Otherwise it's not stretching me. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and I'm not so sure if everyone thinks like that. And I'm not suggesting that somehow that's superior that I think like that. I'm just suggesting that, that like it's, if you're going to be an endurance athlete and you're going to, you're, you're going to push yourself, you're going to be doing this. Like you just have to be like, Hey, like today's going to be hard. And I think a lot of our athletes are like, these are the four things today that are going to be a real pain in the behind today, but mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to tackle them. So I, I thought, is there something more to that as it relates to athletes and their motivation with like how much, you know, how much stress they think is kind of built into the day. And, I, and I'm not suggesting it should be like, yeah. we have to be stressful to be better, but I mean, we do have to stretch ourselves. Right. And I think that's an important balance. So can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. I think what happens sometimes is we uh, equate 
a stressor with being stressed or something that's stressful. And those are two different things. And so we, you know, as an athlete, I mean, as a human really, but as an athlete, you're, you know, you're going to be facing stressors every day, right? And a stressor is like, there's some kind of challenge in front of you that you need to address, whatever that is. It's your training ride. It's how am I going to fit it in? It's, you know, whatever, you know, I need to find someone to, you know, watch my kids so I can get this in, you know, so there's all kinds of stressors. Um, or challenges um, that we are faced with every day. But whether or not we decide that stressor is stressful has to do with um, whether we feel like we have the, the skills and the ability and the resources to deal with the situation in front of us. So stressor isn't stressful until you decide it is. Um, and then uh, and part of that has to do with um, you know, your, this assessment that you have of, can I cope with the situation in front of me? But also part of that has to do with, um, your internal dialogue and the way that you're talking to yourself and the thoughts that you're feeding yourself, um, and, and being aware of the fact that sometimes those thoughts are habitual and automatic thought patterns versus an actual assessment of whether or not you have the ability to handle the situation in front of you. Um, and just, you know, really recognizing, stressors are a part of life. Um, there is no living without being thrown some pretty significant life stressors in addition to just like the normal daily stressors. So really understanding that these things aren't happening to you, they're just happening and they're going to continue to happen. And so really building your skills around, well, how do I approach this and how do I, you know, this is why hardiness is such a essential thing to think about and to work on is, is because you know, there's so much value in working on your ability to have the tools to deal with stressors because they're not going away. And I think one of the myths we get wrapped up in sometimes is thinking like, well, at some magical point in the future, everything's going to be fine and it's all, and everything's going to be, you know, you know, everything's going to be in the places they're supposed to be in and everything's going to line up and all the stars are going to align. And then, and then it's good. Things will be great. And that's just not how it works. And if you keep sticking to that myth and hooking, getting hooked by that, you're always thinking about some point in the future where you're going to be happy instead of like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is life. Like this might be the stressor I'm dealing with now, but there's going to be another stressor I'm dealing with. So let's figure out how to wrap my head around getting better at dealing with stressors because that's not going away. I was introduced to this, this concept. Uh, I was listening to a, a podcast about parenting of all things but it was talking about how we make children like the thing to do is to make ch our children braver, not make them less afraid. Like the idea, and, and you're probably like, duh, right? But it's like, yes, you know, <laughs> to me as as a new dad, I was like, oh, well, you know, I can vividly remember every, you know, every adult in my life being like, oh, don't be afraid of that. You're fine. But like having like what at the time seemed to be a something to actually genuinely be terrified by, whether it be like a really big dog the first time you see a Great Dane when you're two, you know, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and so now I, I, it was very useful for me to be like, wait a second, we are going to help someone be more brave. So I talk with our son Seamus about, you know, okay, it's time to be brave, buddy. Like, this is what we want to do. But mm -hmm. the reason why I want to bring that in is because, you said something about tools and skills and how we kind of initially assess a stressor so that it determines whether it's like, oh, there's a stress category, like bust out the cortisol, start going. Or, yep. <laughs> or, or do we go to like, oh, I got this. Like, like this is a, this yeah. is a challenge or a setback or something, but it's, it's something that I have the tools and the skills to be, um, to overcome. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that kind of, how it influences motivation, because really, if you feel like you have the skill, the, the tools, boy, what's in front of you, you can accomplish so much. But I think it's pretty fair to say, like, I don't think really anybody thought they had, or at least purposely developed an idea to deal with all of our events getting canceled and, and COVID happening, yeah. and people all around us being sick and, and all the things that come with it. I know that I'm really harping on the athlete component, mm -hmm. but I do, I know that there's a, a whole massive understanding of how this has affected our world as humans. And I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, but I just think that yeah. tools and skills and how we, 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 whether something becomes stressful is very, I think that's important for all of us to understand. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? 
Yeah, I think um, there's a few different things that that come to mind with that, and and one is um, it's just thinking about you know if you're if you find that you're struggling with this and you're in and there's still something to like even though we couldn't possibly predict this right i mean maybe some people did i never thought about this i it took me a while to even wrap my head around the fact that we were in a pandemic and i had to reach back into my like elementary school training and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute i get it now like this is a big deal you know and it but it took a while because it's not something we've ever dealt with however when you think about other really challenging things you've dealt with sometimes we forget to apply it to a different type of situation where, you know, we forget to build the bridge of like, oh, well, how did I deal with it in that situation? So a lot of times we have the skills and we just have to remind ourselves that we have them uh, because this is something new and we're sort of wired. Um, you know, we were wired to be um, on alert when things change um, and we're dealing with unknowns. So it's kind of like, you know, the part, the primal part of our brain, we perk our ears up and go, what the heck's happening here? Like, what is happening? I don't like this. This is different. <laughs> danger, danger, right? And there's a part of our brain that's supposed to do that um, and kind of put you on alert. But then, you know, if that gets, um, you know, sometimes that overrides the prefrontal cortex where you can access different parts of um, your knowledge base where you're like, wait a minute. Okay. I remember there was another time I faced something where I wasn't sure I was going to get through it. And I did. So how can I apply that here, um, in this other way? So there's some of that of just like reminding yourself that you have some of these tools and that you will be okay. And then there's also learning new tools, right. And like figuring out different ways of like, if you are struggling, like I really am struggling. I, I need to figure, I, you know, I need to do something different. If I want something different, I need to do something different. So what are the tools I could do in order to help me through, um, this, this situation? And it is really great. This idea of like, um, sometimes, uh, you need to, the, the idea of being brave and, um, and it's not comfortable, right? I, I think that's where sometimes we get, there's another sort of myth there that like, and this has to do with like the difference between being brave and being confident that there's this myth. I think that like, once you feel confident, like you're just confident all the time and, pe and people are either born, they're just like born with confidence. And like when they're confident, they're supremely confident and they'd never doubt themselves. And you know, they eat confidence for breakfast with their, you know, athlete Wheaties box and like, you know, just that's not how it works because confidence isn't something that you, it's not just who you are. It's what you do. It's, um, and so with this idea of, you know, sometimes you don't need more confidence. What you need is more bravery and courage because, and, and ability to deal with the discomfort and go for it anyway. Um, so I think so much, so much of what we struggle with is our inability to handle uncomfortable emotions. So I think really, like, if you really want to do some good work for yourself, like for anybody, whether you're an, you know, athlete or non-athlete, just like, how do I start wrapping my head around this emotional landscape and understanding its role in all of this? And, and also understanding the role of our internal dialogue and language and how our brain works and that sometimes your brain's talking to you, but that doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Like it's, you know, there's a difference there between like attaching to that initial thought versus overriding it and going, well, wait a minute, let's check that out a little bit. Let's give that a deeper thought. Okay. I yeah. did that. You said, you said confidence is what you do. And the thing that came to my mind was like a call to action. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then I think like, okay, a call to action, like it's about movement. And we, we talk, we talk as coaches, we talk about this a lot, right? Like confidence is something you earn. Confidence is something mm -hmm. that, that requires work. Like what you're saying, it's what you do, right? That's how you gain it. And so I'm wondering, you know, how can we help people get more, uh, you know, intrinsic or extrinsic motion? I don't care which one or both a balance thereof. How can we use these tools? What is, what's the call to action? What are the things that we can do to improve that yeah. so that we can, we can come out of the backside of pandemic whenever that is. Cause clearly the goalposts have been moved or removed, depending on what your perspective is. I want, as a coach, I just deeply want to see people be able to achieve their best to have, to, mm -hmm. to be able to actualize their potential without sounding kind of too cheesy. I just think like people have a lot left in the tank, right? And they just need a little bit of something to pull it out of them. 
right? So how, what is that call to action for us, Carrie? Like, do you have any thoughts on like intrinsic motivation, extrinsic? How do we do that? Get more out of ourselves? Yeah. yeah. So with, um, with intrinsic motivation in particular, some of the things that influence that, um, it comes from this, um, a theory called self-determination theory. And the theory is like, um, there's again, there's three different things that influence your feelings of intrinsic motivation. And those three things are your competence, which is like, how good do I feel like I am at this thing that I'm about to take on? Um, you know, do you feel competent in your ability to do it? And then one is connectedness, which is, do I feel like I'm a part of something and a part of, um, whether it's this team or I'm connected to other people that are doing this thing also. Um, and then the other one is control, which is um, what aspects of this are in my control and can I stay in on that side of the column? Like sometimes I'll have athletes do this where exercise where they, you know, they're struggling with something and they'll, I'll have them write down a, a draw a line right in the middle of the paper and one side's in control and one side's out of control. And like, let's actually put pen to paper and list out what are all the things that are in your control in this situation? And what are all the things that are out of your control? Cause a lot of times when we're hooked, we'll camp out on the out of control side of the list instead of in control. So with this idea of like intrinsic motivation, some, one of the calls to action is doing this assessment of, Oh, am I low in my ability? competence or my, you know, my feelings of my ability to do this thing. Am I low in connectedness or am I low in my perception of control? And if I'm low in any of those things, how can I increase them? What can I do to feel more connected to other people? Um, you know, and, and does that help with my motivation to work out? How can I feel more competent in my ability to do, um, this workout that's in front of me? Or how can I feel like, um, I have some control over the situation, right? Because a lot, a lot of times you're just thinking about all the things you can't do that, you know, significantly impacts your motivation um, to do something. So it's really, partly it's this mindset shift of like, well, how can I, you know, what is in my control? Um, you know, and what, and how could I feel more connected, which is a challenge right now. It's one of the challenges with dealing with what we're dealing with. And one of the reasons why I think a lot of people are gravitating towards like Zwift and Peloton, because it's like, ah, oh, I feel like I get to connect with other people that are doing this thing too, or they get to connect to like their feeling of competitiveness. Um, uh, or, you know, I know some coaches when they're, co you know, they're doing like a weekly zoom meeting with all of their athletes. So they can kind of talk about like, you know, cause we're missing that part of being with our community and being with your tribe of people that really dig doing that same thing. So that's part of it. And then competence might be, um, you know, the way I'm seeing this play out now is just your, um, you know, how do you know, you know, I think that's, you know, partly why people are wanting to reconnect with their coaches is like they want that connectedness and they want that um, competence, like someone to tell me what to do. And they want that sense of control. Like this is something that's in my control. I can still train and having someone support me in this is really beneficial. That community piece is so awesome. We've been really struggling as a coaching company. I struggling is not the right word. Mm -hmm. We've been, we've been putting a lot of thought into building community. What we were doing, we did some Zoom uh, courses where we were just doing you know, kind of yoga for athletes and, and neither of Joy or I are, are yoga teachers, but we've been doing yoga long enough to know like, hey, these are the moves that feel good for us. Try these ones, see how it feels in your own body. You know, and they were really fun and we did some Zwift stuff as well. And But I thought mm -hmm. that was really, you know, finding that community right now, I think is just ridiculously important and also kind of challenging, right? Cause like that to me is like, when we were talking about tools earlier of like, well, does this thing become stressful or does it not become stressful? That's one thing where it's like, well, there's a bit of stress there because if you want to do something in community, like your risk assessment goes up quite a bit. You know, if, if we were to just mm -hmm. say, Hey, do a hundred person bike ride, like you used to do, right. like there's, there's quite a bit of risk there and we don't want to do that. So having uh, you know, I guess, there's there's a lot more to it when it comes to just being able to to have that community and we have to be more purposeful in our actions because we do have to assess that risk now and so yeah uh, hmm. i don't know is there anything is there anything there any suggestions you have for for us on that or 
you know, I think it's, you know, some of it's just talking to your athletes, right? Like, what do you guys need and what would be helpful? And, you know, is it something about, you know, providing a forum for people to talk about their struggles or their wins, right? Like I got my workout in today and I feel like a rock star because it was really hard to get out the door, like, and celebrating that, you know, so just figuring out like how people can connect or even just connecting, um, uh, you know, not even in a formal way, in a more informal way and do a little, you know, happy hour or coffee chat and be like, hey, let's just check in and see how things are going and what what questions do people have? So there's a, I'm seeing a lot of different ways people are doing, you know, playing with this idea of connecting in that way. Um, but yeah, doing the Zwift stuff too, uh, I think it has been really interesting to see how people have responded, responded to that. It's been really interesting. Um, you know, and I think just too, like for people... Um, you know, just keep asking yourself, you know, if you're stuck and you're frustrated and you're over it and you're going to have times where, you know, this kind of hits you in waves of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think we're seeing a lot more burnout with COVID in general right now. So, um, and, and, you know, I, you know, and I'm not immune to this, right? Like I'm going through this stuff too, but the thing is I, I have the, the ability to, recognize it and then the tools to be able to bring myself back. So that's not, it's not just like, we're not, you know, it's important to know, like, we're not saying like, Hey, this is a great opportunity and you should do all these things and you're totally fine. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. Like that is not what we're saying at all. It's, can I recognize something's off and then, and then reach out for support or give myself the support that I need in order to recalibrate, um, and, and kind of get back to my homeostasis. And a couple things in particular that are really critical for that. One is you got to let yourself feel your feelings. You got to honor your feelings. And there's going to be times when you're angry or sad or scared or whatever it is during this process. And that is okay. Like, um, you know, I call it in the book and rebound, I call it feel, if you want to go far, you have to feel, accept, recover. So far is an acronym for before you can get to acceptance, you got to feel your feelings and allow yourself to feel them. Um, and then acceptance, once you get, once you allow yourself to do that, that's when you can move to a place of acceptance where you're like, all right, this is kind of a bummer and I'd super prefer not to be dealing with a pandemic, but here we are. So what do I want to do about it? So then you kind of move through to acceptance and recovery, which is, and recovery is like, now what? Um, like, okay, what are the things that are in my control? Um, because I could sit here and be bummed for the next three months, or I could really let myself go to the depth of feeling bummed, get through it and then move through it and go, all right, now what do I want to do? I'm going to buy a Peloton. That's per- personally what I did. <laughs> you know, so like, Everybody's got to figure out what it is for you that helps you feel like you can grab the reins of your life again and have some sense of control and do something that you need to do to support yourself and take care of yourself. But you got to allow yourself to, you got to honor your feelings in order to do that and no matter what they are. So I think that's something that's been really interesting. I've seen people struggle with is like, they are, they feel like, I don't feel like I should be bummed that my race season got canceled because other people are dealing with something so much bigger and they almost feel guilty for feeling bummed about the thing they're disappointed about, but it's okay. Like you, both of those things can be true. It can be true that someone else is going through something much bigger right now. And it can also be true that you're bummed and that it's okay to let yourself feel that and then move through it. Wow. Okay. So you heard it there. The, uh, FAR acronym, feelings, acceptance, and recovery or rebound? Yeah, recover. Yeah, recover, I should have done recover. a rebound. Oh, <laughs> that would have fit before the, the book. book. No, oh, I know. I, I already the had the acronym, so <laughs> that would have I'm fit just going to submit a revision. I'm going to submit uh, a revision. Second, Se- second, second edition. edition. <laughs> second edition. Right there, Carrie. Come I'm on. Changing it. Oh, okay. man. I the Big Wheel fan base is saying we're going we're gonna to lobby I, I, for recover or rebound. Excuse re- me. Rebound. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, so feelings, acceptance, and recover. That is super good. Wow. Okay. Well, when it comes to this extrinsic, you know, I, I had originally started, I wanted to chat with you about extrinsic versus intrinsic because I, I thought there was something there that, that was like, oh, we need to, we need to move towards more intrinsic motivation because it's, there is so much unknown in front of us. But it seems at the end of it, 
where we've just come to the, this is somewhat akin to an injury phase where people have to just process their feelings and it's okay to get a little bit, uh, you know, there's, it's like a chaos and order thing. And so there's a little bit of chaos, you know, and you, then you learn to accept that and you have some skills and some tools and then mm -hmm. you can recover from that. And, and then that is going to build your confidence. Right. So it sounds yeah. to me like, yeah. like as, as much as intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, we could kind of go back and forth on that. Really. The reality is if we can, if the majority of us, wherever we're at right now, if we can make sure that we've accepted this scenario and this and accepted what we can't control about this scenario, and that will allow us to push through to rebound, which is harness the things we can control, which is, hey, I have an hour and a half today and I really want to make it a, an enjoyable and productive workout. And this is what I'm going to do. And maybe not, it's not overly structured workout, but maybe it's just enough structure. Like you said, like I'm feeling like a rock star. I'm going to celebrate this small victory and and at least and maybe i'm skipping far too ahead here or too far ahead i feel like that's a that's a whole other podcast as athletes just we don't celebrate the small stuff like we're getting into yeah. these like big marquee yep. events like everything you know every literature that i read carrie is everything's about like olympic athletes and world champion this and yeah. pro this and pro that and it's like man some of our people like it's like they just want to lose 10 pounds so they can get back into the kit that they bought last, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. like that's a pretty big celebration. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a real, yeah. real time example. Kid next door to us is going to high school. Kids, 250 pounds and six foot tall. OK, he's been being told for the last three years that he needs to lose weight. OK, mm -hmm. so. We gave him our old mountain bike and we're like, here's, we're going to go ride with you. So we have this little posse of kids that we ride with in the neighborhood now. Cause you know, that thing, that's a pretty good thing that COVID brought in. But anyway, mm -hmm. long story short, like Shammy Butter, who just, I know those folks super well and they're just lovely people. I told them about it and they're like, Hey, we're sending them a care package. Shammy oh, Butter sends, yeah, they send them a water bottle and a t-shirt and this and the other, <laughs> but the t-shirt's an extra large carry. Okay. This okay. kid wears a double XL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So guess what? His goal is to get into the XL, right? <laughs> like, isn't That's that great. a wonderful goal? Like yeah. he got this yeah. shirt that is a purple shirt. That's talking about, you know, a skin lubricant, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, but his goal, but it's such a powerful goal for him. Cause he's going into high school. It's a scary time for a young boy or a young girl. And here he is like, he can just decant it down into something small that he can do today that's small actions. It's like, yes, I, like I can do something today that can help me get in that t-shirt. It's not all about the world championships or the Olympics. It's about like celebrating those small victories and, and moving forward. And I think that's an important thing for us to remember in this time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a great, that's such a great example of extrinsic motivation and that like it, the, it, you know, it all depends on the way that it's used. And if extrinsic, um, you know, rewards like that, um, as long as they're not, competing with the intrinsic motivation, they can really support it. Right. So, and that's what he's got. Like if that, you know, that thing is driving him, that extrinsic motivator, you don't want to, you know, come to an athlete and be like, well, actually you should probably think about, you know, your intrinsic motivation. Like, man, if he's fired up for that, then that that's fantastic. And then along the way, you're developing that intrinsic motivation as well. So that then what happens is if, you know, say he had a timeline for that goal, right? And he didn't mm. quite get it, but he made amazing strides and was in really enjoying the process of like being on the bike. And that was fun. Um, if you're solely extrinsically motivated and you don't get it in that timeline, that's where you can, it can take a hit to your confidence, right? So it's, but when you have that and that's driving you and you're also building your intrinsic motivation at the same time where you go like, man, I didn't quite hit it in the timeline, but I'm going to keep going because this is really fun. Uh, that's where you can find a really nice sweet spot for it where the extrinsic motivator is actually supporting the intrinsic motivation versus taking away from it. Oh, I love it. I love it, Carrie. You are just, you're a gem. Yeah, just I'm so thankful for you. Like, <laughs> I know we're running up against your time uh, here to get you going. But I, again, I can't say thank you to you enough for this and being willing. I want everyone listening to know, I, I just broadly send an email out and just being like, hey, Carrie, I want to think, of, I've been thinking about intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation for our athletes. What do you think? And she was like, 
I think we should do a podcast, right? Like that was essentially the email that came back. And I was like, you would be on our podcast. Like that's amazing. Like, and so I just, I'm so thankful for you. And I know joy just loves you. She thinks the world of you. We both think the world of you, you know, we're always, and we hope for, we look forward to times without uh, COVID so that uh, yes. you can, uh, we can attend your, your speaking engagements. Cause we will be there and we will read whatever, whatever second edition of far comes out uh, <laughs> rebound. So, um, but you know, we always close these things out with, with some gratuity and it's just a free form thing. I don't want to prompt you on anything, but I feel like it's always just a great way for us to connect on what the things that we are thankful for that can be of any size in our lives, very small to very large. Um, is there anything that you would like to share? Anything you're, you're particularly grateful for today? Oh man, it's like so many things, There's so many things, which is so wonderful to tap into that. I think right now I'm one of the things I'm very grateful for is that, um, my partner and I, he and I decided to move in together and we were just talking about, yes. And we, so we did, we already, you know, we're living together now and it's, um, and, and we were just saying, Oh my gosh, we're so grateful that we made that decision so that we could be together during this. Cause we were in different counties and there would have been a period of time where we couldn't see each other. And so I'm, I'm very, very grateful that, um, I get to be here with him and his beautiful little boy, uh, six-year-old Leo who just learned how to ride a bike, which was pretty amazing. <laughs> like he I was on that. the balance bike for a while and he just was like let's try it and he got on first time like no training wheels like took off and and you could see it's uh, we're like oh we've entered a new era like oh, this yeah. boy has found his freedom and he's yeah. gone we've, so that was really fun so i'm really grateful to get to be here to be a part of that that's huge carrie that's huge yeah. I mean, you, you get to be a lot of really be a part of a lot of powerful shifts in people's lives just in your business and with what you do but like that's a you know that's a really, really big deal is like, that's the first thing of, of freedom for these young kids. And like, first, especially for a young boy, you know, he's just like, man, I'm going to go out and take on the world. And then he's going to take a few yes. licks, you know, he's going to take a few licks and he's going to come back and you're going to give him a hug and you're going to be like, all right, little buddy, we're going to bend you up and send you back out again. You know, like, right. Help him be brave and do it again. Yep. That's right. That's okay. That's okay. You took a header on that, but we'll get you fixed yeah. up. So. Oh man. Yeah. So that's much to be grateful for. Oh, good. Well, I'm excited for you. That's great. Yeah. 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 That's Thank you. Me too. Yeah. That's gotta be good. Oh, that's good. 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 Well, yeah. And you know, I, uh, I think the obvious thing for me to be thankful for is, is your time today, but, uh, mm. I'm really thankful for this kind of collaboration, uh, of, as you, as you know, Carrie, I just like to think about concepts and I like to spend some time thinking yeah. about how I like to think about things forward and backward and front and back and top left to right and top to bottom so that I can kind of fully appreciate them. And so to be able to have someone with your level of experience and you're, you're on the cutting edge of this and for you to be like, hey, man, like these are important things to understand, but don't look lose sight of this global view of, you know, this is what we need to do. And I'm just really, really thankful for that because that that keeps me active and engaged and keeps my mind sharp instead of just going through the motions. And, and I just don't want to go through the motions right now. I, I, I'm hoping for everyone listening that there's something that charges them and gets them motivated and fired up so that whatever post COVID looks like, or, or if it never goes away or whatever, like they can have that, like I'm better today than I was yesterday. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause we live in a world where, you know, as athletes, it's like, Oh, you're past your prime right? You're mm -hmm. past your prime, right? Like, oh, your, your, your performance diminishment is coming in the form of age. And it's like, right. but man, you haven't even done any sort of training mental skills wise. And like, there's this whole undeveloped leg of the table that we could like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. You know? And so I just, yeah. you know, I'm super, super thankful for that. Cause you've introduced to me that through your books and your presentations a long time ago. And, uh, I still feel like I've got a long way to go in that journey, but I really appreciate you, uh, kind of remaining a fixture in that and giving, giving me and our athletes good resources to, to look up and challenge ourselves with. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for being an ad, an advocate for it. It's oh, really, bet. yeah, it's awesome. You bet. 
So Carrie, before we go, can you tell everyone a little bit about where they can find out more about you? What are the books that they can be looking into getting the Injured Athletes Club podcast, some kind of stuff like that? Because I know people are going to want to know more about what you're doing and what's up next for you. Yeah. Um, so my website, www.carriecheadle.com. If you go there, you can sign up for my email list and then you'll get, um, notified with all the cool stuff that I have coming. I've got some really cool stuff that I'm going to, um, that I'm starting to implement and new programs and stuff that I'm really excited about. So, but it, there's also, um, you know, you'll get access to like, uh, different resources and things that I send out only to my email list. And then I've also got a blog on my website with different mental training articles. Um, and then, uh, on top of your game is a really great book. If you're looking for tools, um, mental training tools for performance and then rebound is fantastic. If you know anyone or you are, um, working through an injury and regaining your confidence back. So the injured athletes club, um, the book is Rebound. The Injured Athletes Club is the podcast. And there's also, I have a support group on Facebook that's also called the Injured Athletes Club, um, where there's a bunch of other athletes in there that um, everybody supports each other. And you get to kind of talk about the challenges and share your wins. And um, and I jump in there and answer people's questions. So it's a, it's a great resource and place of support and community if you're dealing with an injury. Oh, or just the world that we're living in right yeah. now. It's, 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 it's totally. certainly acting like the same thing, right? Like it is yeah. acting like Very the same right. thing where you're like, Oh geez, yeah. like it feels like an injury. Cause you're like, well, I haven't competed in a long time and maybe I haven't been training like I really want to or, yeah. or whatever. Right. Like it feels like, you know, debilitating like that. So that's good. Yeah. That's, that's a good resource yeah. for us. That's a good resource. And yeah, I, and, absolutely. you know, joy, a bunch of, a couple of her athletes, I think participated and she was just like, Oh yeah. They loved it. So great oh, feedback, nice. you know, a little, little, little backdoor feedback there for you. You know, I know nice, you, thank you. you want to hear. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been really interesting to have people who are reading the book for their injury kind of come to me and say like, Oh my God, all of these tools are like exactly what I need right now to get through COVID. So it's, I mean, because the whole book is, you know, even though it's for injury, it's all about, you know, how do I rebound and um, how can I be resilient through an unexpected setback and gives you all the tools for that purpose. So it's been fun. People are reading it for their injury and they're like, oh my God, I'm reading it again. But this time I'm applying everything in there to like dealing with coronavirus and all the changes. And so it's, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fun to get that feedback. I love it. I love it. Well, you're awesome. I thank you so much for putting all that together out and out there for us. And um, please keep us in the loop on, on anything new that you got going on as far as, you know, joy or I, or, or anything like, especially, you know, upcoming speaking engagements when that's appropriate or anything there. Cause it just, you know, our, I know our athletes in particular, they really enjoy that stuff. And they, our athletes are seeking a mastery mindset. You know, everyone's trying, they're on it. They understand this is a journey because cycling is such a complex sport. And so mm no one's looking for the quick fix. They're not coming here looking for hacks. They're coming yeah. here looking for like, Hey, I need some real tools to help me get through this crazy world, you know, and, and these really difficult challenges, whether it's an hour criterium or a, or a hundred mile mountain bike race or, or whatever it is, anything in between, they're looking for real life tools that can help them and they're practical tools. And that's something I really loved about rebound is it's just chock full of, of, of practical tools. So keep those things coming, please. And just, you know, yeah. obviously let us know if there's anything we can do to support you. And, and I just really appreciate your time today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You rock, Carrie. We'll talk soon then. All right. Sounds good. And with that, we have let the lovely Carrie Cheadle take off here. And she's uh, off to her next client, her next mental skills training session. So before you go, do us a favor. Check out our awesome sponsors and, and uh, product partners. They're just they make incredible stuff, stuff that's going to help make your ride better, help you perform better, help you get more out of your each training session. So great stuff from GQ6. They make incredible hydration. Super good. Richard Hirago over there is just a lovely, lovely man making great, great stuff. Really clean tasting, delicious hydration. Snack bar, you know, Stacy Sims used to say hydrate or still does say uh, food in the pockets, hydration in the bottles. So you got GQ6 hydration and snack bar, homemade nutrition out of Redlands, California, the lovely Anka Teal. Um, she's, uh, she makes that stuff by hand. Been to, been to the, pro the factory myself, seen it in person. So check them out. Lots of great flavors there. 
Also, IRC tires, performance and durability, that's really a big deal here because I don't like stopping for flat tires and I don't really know anyone who does. So gotta have durable tires that, uh, that also, because we, we demand performance out here. So check out IRC tires. You can get a discount there at puregravel.com. Also, uh, Velo saddles and Expedo pedals. Been a long time user of those things. Can't say enough great things about those two products. And this is the first time you've been able to get Velo saddles in America, they've been very, very difficult because, well, they're the manufacturer and they didn't need to sell them to anybody and really couldn't. So now you can get them in America for a nice discount uh, if you're a big wheel athlete. So check that out. Um, it's in the show notes, the link to the website, as well as the discount code. Uh, two more things, check out Backmate recovery products. Uh, Eric Bostrom over there is just fantastic. They always they're always trying to help you get prepared for your next training session to make sure your time is productive on your bicycle. So check out uh, Backmate. They have really cool recovery products. And lastly is Amp Human PR Lotion. There's a little uh, discount code there, and I believe it's BWC is Amplified, the capital I and a capital A. So Big Wheel Coaching is Amplified. So check out PR Lotion. They're great stuff. God, I can't say enough about those guys. So hope you'll check out those things from our partners. If you need them, pick something up. If not, check out the stuff they're doing. They are, they're definitely great people that are just trying to make your life a little better and help your training sessions be productive and want you to be successful like we do. So until next time, be safe, train hard, and have some fun. Catch you on the next episode.